0: we got the dogs in the background, too. Lovely. All right. Hi, this is Joey Baird.
1: And Holly Baird.
0: From the WisconsinVegetableGardener.com and the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener radio show. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk.
1: The Mike Novak Show starts in three, three two, two one. one. Oh, you don't eat meat?
2: You don't eat meat? No meat. For real?
1: So, why? Why?
2: Why are you a vegetarian?
1: Did something happen to you?
2: What about fish? Shrimp?
1: Is there anything here you can eat?
2: Should we go somewhere else? What would happen if you ate?
1: You can eat that, right?
2: Don't you miss meat? Don't you wish there was meat in that? How can you not eat bacon? It's bacon.
3: Are you ever full?
2: Is it okay if I eat this in front of you? Aren't we meant to eat meat? Don't you get of meat? How do you get enough protein?
1: Aren't you worried about an iron deficiency?
2: You want a bite, don't you? If you're stranded on a desert island.
4: If
1: you're stranded on a desert island and the only thing there was meat.
4: No grass, no greens. Meat.
1: Would you eat it?
4: So is this about animal rights?
1: Are you against leather? Did you know that Moby is a vegan?
4: Do you eat animal crackers? What about hush puppies? What about these guys? They got a smile. Do you eat them?
1: Oh, look, they have french fries. You can eat that, right? Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk.
4: Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climbs. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Whoa. Good planets are
1: hard to find Good planets are in the main Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome. At 847...
4: 847- A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611 Now back to American Radio Broadcast.
1: On Facebook and Instagram at the Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak.
3: Good
4: are in the main.
3: Shut up, Wesley.
0: Alright, welcome to the show. <laughs> With that, we, that's how we start. Just, you know, just Send a warning out. Shut up, Wesley. uh, To everybody, including myself, because I never know where things are going to go. And speaking of uh, our vegan intro, vegetarian slash vegan intro, I'm not even a vegetarian slash vegan, and I find all those questions really (laughs) stupid and annoying too, don't you? You know, so I I empathize with you, and this is a, a quality that we've lost. Uh certainly in America there's no empathy left. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't really care about anybody else except ourselves. And uh but I, I empathize with you, Peggy, because uh of those stupid questions that come is, must come your way all the time.
5: It's usually is is there anything here you can eat?
0: No. You could eat the na- could you eat this it, napkin? They, if they you have, if they you have put, cheese. <laughs> if they put ketchup on the napkin, could you eat that? Uh, It's like the vegetarian
5: sandwich being prepared for you on white bread with a piece of cheese, lettuce, and mustard. Is this okay?
0: (laughs) We're going to make it as awful as possible so (laughs) that you'll quit being a vegan and go back to being a real human being, whatever that is. Okay, welcome to the show. And speaking of that, I I have to mention that one of the people we're going to have on today is uh, Nicholas Mink from... Sitka Salmon Shares and Upfront, full disclosure, wonderful sponsor of the Mike Novak Show. And once that gets up and running there, they're still setting up the Facebook stuff. Uh, you will see the, uh, I hope we'll see the uh, the logo for yeah. Sitka Salmon Shares. Right now what they're doing is setting up one of our other guests. Uh, and that is Green Diva Meg from the Green Diva. So then she's waving. I'm waving back to, hi, Green Diva. Oh, yeah. Uh, she even got up early and I hope you took a shower. I really do. She said uh,
5: she was going to get all pretty for us.
0: So. <laughs> there she is. Uh, the hair is still wet. And uh, Green Diva Meg is on the show today and Nicholas Mink from Sitka Salmon Shares. And by the way, go to the homepage, MikeNovac.net. You will see the offer. If you use the code MikeNovac18, Mike N O W A K 1 Eight, you will get twenty five bucks off your Sitka salmon share for twenty eighteen. Whether it's a three month, a what do they have, seven month, a nine month? I believe a
5: lot of different shares, so yes. that that it pretty much fits anyone's household needs.
0: Meaning, and there is are a community supported fishery or CSF. Meaning, you will get fresh food, seafood delivered to your door here in the big sprawling Midwest. I mean, come on. You're nowhere near an ocean. You got to love that.
5: And it's responsibly harvested, yeah. supporting small businesses. And
0: that's actually one of the discussions we will have, uh, the idea of what is responsibly mm-hmm. harvested. Um, Peggy found a couple of articles, and one of them is written by Nicholas uh, on the Sitka Salmon blog about there's been some controversy about uh, sustainably harvested seafood, and believe me, if you're paying attention to this now, there are all these charts and graphs you're supposed to follow. And who knows? Is it farm raised? Is it something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, you know? Uh, is it is there slave labor labor involved in it? Uh, on and on and on. How do you choose? And a responsible person is is really confused by the whole thing. Speaking of confused. We're going to start the show with the SNAP program. This is the program that allows low-income folks to purchase food in America, and they might not be able to do it at farmer's markets. It You want to talk about Byzantine. This whole thing is crazy. So stand by for that conversation. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back.
1: Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals?
0: One of McHenry County's premier sustainability events is coming up, and now's the time to sign up. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its 11th annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place in November, but registration for vendor and artist space is now open. This year's expo will be bigger than ever. The popular Artist Walk returns, featuring sustainable artwork, jewelry, and decorative items and if your business offers eco-friendly holiday gifts being a vendor is the perfect head start to the season last year's event attracted more than 1100 visitors peggy and i were there and i bowled pumpkins for compost it's a fun way to interact with the green community register today for the mchenry county college green living expo call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu Tune in to Chicago History and Automotive Heaven Sundays at 12 noon with Richie
2: Z, right here on WCGO AM 1590.
0: Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and uh, yeah, you want to take a picture of this? Take a picture <laughs> of a dysfunctional program and how it affects thousands and thousands of people. I'm gonna I'm gonna issue a caveat right now just before we bring in our guest. Uh, in fact, let's bring in our guest right now, and that is uh, Corey Chapman, who who works for the Experimental Station. Uh, they're on the south side of Chicago. He is the Link Up Illinois program manager. And, uh, Corey, good morning.
2: Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me on today.
0: It's great to have you on the show, and we really appreciate you being here because this is a really important story. Uh, and uh, on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, we, we talk food issues. That's that's one of the things we do. You know, We talk gardening. We talk the environment. And when this many people... Are affected by what I I termed a snafu, and we all know what that means. Uh, and uh, it, it is it's uh it and 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 the caveat I was about to issue is this story is really really complex, right, Corey? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. It's uh it's not very straightforward. It's very. It's got a lot of parts too.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna try to explain it here in a few minutes and in, in like uh, 17 minutes here and and if we miss something pl- or we have to back up and peggy you got to be ready to jump in with things i miss cuz i'm there's so much to this that uh, I'm probably not going to get it straight. I was sitting at my computer yesterday, Corey, trying to write all this out and explain what's happening. And every time I turned around, I'd go, oh, yeah, I missed that. And then I'd have to go back and add it. And then, oh, yeah, I missed that. And so let's... And then the story changed on Friday. uh, And then, well, the story... Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Well, that was after I wrote that, after the story. I already knew that. But uh, so let's, let's go to uh how this uh, started and basically uh we all know about the supplemental nutrition assistance program uh in the United States are called SNAP uh used to be called food stamps and it allows uh folks uh to purchase food um, it's it's an assistance for low income uh, people and uh, it it allows them to to get out there and buy buy the stuff they need to survive um and a lot of folks like to take their snap uh cards to the uh to the farmers markets uh the problem is there's and this is where I'm going to have you come in right at the get-go, Corey, uh, before I get okay. caught caught in the weeds. They have to – if they're going to use the card at a farmer's market, there are some layers that are involved in getting the transaction through. Can you explain exactly how that works? Be,
5: because the card gets used like a credit card or a debit card and right. has to be processed electronically. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and since it has to be processed electronically uh, – you need some sort of machine. Normally, uh, they call it an EBT machine, but a machine where you can swipe the card and complete the transactions. Um And those machines can be a little costly. Um, as we may all know, most farmers' markets are volunteer-run or run by small organizations, so they may not have um, a lot of resources to uh, buy machinery uh, to help facilitate the program. Same thing goes for farmers, too, because farmers themselves could get a machine. And do transactions uh, at their booth. But typically how it works is the farmers market manager will obtain a machine some sort of way, um, and run the transactions for the farmers, thereby, you know, helping facilitate the transactions. Folks that need great food can buy great food, and then it helps to grow the small farmers, the small business farmers business. Um, So basically, that's how it is. You need a machine to do the processing. Uh, And in years past, the USDA recognized that this was a barrier, and they developed uh, grants and ways for uh, farmer's market managers and farmers to get a machine at either free or at a very low cost.
0: Okay. Uh, Because not, uh, as you mentioned, uh, and and it's worth repeating, uh, this stuff costs money, and the hardware Mm -hmm. costs money. And not every farmers are working on really tight margins as it is when they go to these markets, yep. and the markets are working on tight margins. Every everybody's just trying to get the food out there and get it sold. And I we've talked to enough of market managers and farmers who uh, who 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 display their goods at these markets mm-hmm. to know that n- nobody is getting rich on this, folks. Um, when you when you work at a farmer's market, so there was this company called the novo dia group um, and they were an austin based company austin texas based company um, and they were processing mm-hmm. these transactions now the he- largest supplier of snap payment right here's the problem there's here's here's the first roadblock in in all of this their their technology was all apple based um and they uh so so even though they were doing like forty percent of this they they were only apple based is that right Corey?
2: pretty much yeah it was a uh, apple based and i think they wanted to try to move to android but um you needed a cell phone or apple phone or ipad in order to make the, the transactions work um which in the scheme of things gave people another option of a way of obtaining a machine so um, it 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 was def- definitely highly successful, I want to say, close to 1,700 farmer's markets of the 7,000 that are able to do SNAP uh, signed up with no idea.
0: And, and you're talking about the uh, nationwide, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, nationwide.
0: Yeah. yeah.
5: And, and if I understand it correctly, they supplied the processing equipment, but another company, Farmer's Market Coalition, was contracted by USDA to manage the program. And that's kind yeah, of where uh, the problem comes oh, in.
2: Oh, oh. Over a series of time, uh, people will bid for this particular contract, and whoever wins it is responsible for carrying it out. Uh, The last, uh, before this new uh, person that won the bid, uh, the last people that had it was the Farmers Market Coalition.
0: Right. Um, So, uh, according to, uh, and you can go to my website, MikeNovak.net, m i k e n o w a k. -K 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 dot net and read about this because I've got a lot of information including a couple of articles by Modern Farmer uh where we found some really, really interesting information. They talk about the middleman, um uh the farmer's market coalition, and they write, um the middleman is a, a um now the instead of the Novo Dia group, what happened is apparently their contract didn't get renewed is I think that's the idea. And there's a, a, an unknown company called Financial Transaction Management LLC, or FTM, uh, wow. and uh, it told the biggest processing companies that their technology will not be supported in the future. It means that the processing companies can no longer afford to offer their technology. And as uh, 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 the uh, the magazine Modern Farmer writes, even more convoluted, FTM has yet to announce a replacement. For those processing companies. So the upshot of this was that as of July 31st, and we're talking in about nine days, uh, about 40 percent of people who were eligible to use SNAP at farmers' markets were not going to have a way to get that processed. Does that sound right, Corey?
2: Yeah, that's unfortunately that. That sounds pretty accurate.
0: Uh, so a couple of things have happened, and, and, and one of the things that you should know is that uh, the uh, financial transaction management is, this is where it gets a little shady, um, and, and you might not have an opinion on it, but I do, and Peggy and I have been looking at this, and we're scratching our heads and saying, wait a second, this this is not really passing the smell test here. Um, because this is a company that didn't exist until last year and has, as far as anybody can determine, has one employee, and that employee cannot be reached by any of the news uh, uh, outfits out there who are trying to get information. And all we know right now is that this was going to end as of July 31st. Now, a couple of things have changed since then. Uh, the National Association of Farmer Farmers Market Nutrition Programs, or the NAFMNP. Are you keeping track, folks? I'm telling you, it just gets crazier and (laughs) crazier. Acronym soup. All right. Um, They're providing Novo Dia Group operational funding for an additional 30 days so that stakeholder states will not experience any disruption in processing federal nutrition electronic benefits, including SNAP. So that's... That's part of the good news. Part of the good news is that the NAFM NP uh, is going to get that funding out there to slow this down so we can figure out what happens at least until the end of July. Now, another good thing that's happening is that Farmers Market Coalition has set up a GoFundMe page to raise money to purchase equipment for markets and farmers who will lose service because of the shutdown, uh, which, as we said, will probably now happen at the end of August, not the end of July. Uh, And they're trying to raise $50,000. Now, that's great, and that's noble, and I'm really glad that the Farmers Market Coalition is doing this. But as I state on my blog, um, it just seems uh, ridiculous that, Farmers Market Coalition has to tell people to reach into their couch cushions and come up with nickels and dimes so that we can actually keep the SNAP program in the United States of America, the richest country in the history of the planet, going. Uh, That's my opinion. Uh, But I'm glad they're doing it. So there's a couple of mitigating uh, factors here. One is, uh, you know, the the funds that are going to keep it running to the end of July. And the other is the GoFundMe page, which we hope will give... USDA and other folks involved in this time to get their act together so that people will not be left in the cold. So that people will be able to buy fresh vegetables at farmers markets across the country. All right. Now, the, there's also good news in Illinois, uh, Corey. And you know about this because you wrote about this Um yeah. on the blog on the mm-hmm. Illinois Farmers Market Association, ILFMA and you can find that article on my blog as well. Tell me about what's going on in Illinois.
2: Well, uh, in our state there's probably anywhere between 100 and 120 farmers markets or farmers that accept EBT and of that uh, that group only about 16 are actively using the Novadia software so um, a small percentage of the markets in Illinois would be affected. Uh, however, I've been in contact with most of those markets with uh, helping them out with finding alternative ways of getting the machine and switching over to something new so they can continue processing. So I think our uh, our, our uh, exposure in Illinois is, is pretty small. But um, I know that other states uh, like New York and uh, Massachusetts, they really heavily rely upon this uh, this Novadia product uh, market link, um, so they're going to be affected uh, worse than Illinois. But luckily, in our state, um, uh, we won't have uh, too much transaction interruptions.
0: Well, that leads me to the question, Corey: Why? Why is it that Illinois is set up so that it's not going to be affected as 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 deeply as other states? Why don't we have a kind of national system for for dealing this what what happened that we uh went down a different path than some of the other states
2: well uh when uh the, again mm-hmm. when the contract went out to bid and mm-hmm. uh again the last folk that held the contract was the farmers market coalition mm-hmm. um, they gave a few options to pick service providers and to pick equipment for farmers markets and uh, more often than not in illinois we picked uh, uh a machine that, you know, you didn't have to have an iPad or iPhone with. Um, and it could just be that in our locations in Illinois, it just worked out better for, for us. Because um, I know that other locations, the, the cost of actually doing the Novadia product was cheaper, and it just made more sense for them. Um, mm. But again, in Illinois, we, we chose a different um, a machine and a different service provider, and it's just been working out for us pretty well.
0: And as we mentioned earlier, part of it has to do with the company uh, who's uh, who's created the platform, uh, which is Apple versus, I don't know, not Droid, but whatever the other uh, uh, operating system might be.
5: Well, the Android system. Yeah. It
0: is yeah. the Android system. So it's, here we go again. Yeah. It's Apple versus Android. You think they could talk together? No. You know, just to keep people fed and healthy? No. I guess we can't work that out, can we? Can we get some—you know, wh- who's going to step up? i got to tell you something, Corey. I'm really frustrated because this, is, this frustrated. has now been going on for a week or more, and we've heard nothing from Congress. I hear nothing from any of the corporate uh, interests. Uh, I, I, the White House—throw uh, my hands in the air about that. Uh, we need somebody to step up, and what's, and what's going on instead is we've got to do a GoFundMe page to make sure that people don't lose their access to fresh vegetables. What's wrong with this picture is what I keep asking myself. Um,
2: Well, I'll say one thing. I I think uh, organizations like the Farmers Market Coalition and the National Association of Farmers Market Nutrition Programs, um, at least for the next month and a half, two months, they've they've given us an opportunity, uh, just like you said, to get it right. mm -hmm. Um, And I'm hoping that the new contractor... um, Takes this opportunity and figures out a way to you know, either support Novadia's program or make sure we don't have any um, uh, loss in transactions at these farmers yeah. markets.
0: And, um, and a you're... lot of
2: people depend upon access to this food.
0: Yeah, and I, and 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 I'm I, I can't, I'm not giving kudos enough, and I should to the Illinois Farmers Market Association and to Farmers Market Coalition and. Um, to the Alphabet Soup Group, the NAFMNP, because they're all stepping up, but they're NGOs. You know that's the problem. We need we need more official yeah. more official groups to do their jobs and to make sure uh, the American people can buy fresh food, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the bottom line. Yes, Peggy, we have about a minute here.
5: Um, so ideally, what what's a good solution for this, Corey?
0: Uh,
2: Personally, I I think uh, if financial transaction management, the new contractor just uh, chose some of the uh, folks that's been working in this space and doing transactions for snap sales at farmers markets, there's not a lot of processors that really know this business. It's not the same as um, uh, credit card transactions. It's very nuanced. If they just chose those same providers, I think the wouldn't have an interruption in service so they should talk um, to you
0: Corey. we're out of time thanks so much Corey chapman from experimental station uh we appreciate your your efforts here from boat to doorstep The folks at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society want you to show up in their backyards. Well, you have to sign up, and there's a small fee, but you can see some of the best gardens, ponds, and koi in Chicagoland on July 21st, 22nd, 28th, and 29th on the annual Garden and Pond Tour. It's self-guided, and you can go on any day or on all of them. Tour maps at mpks.org and at garden centers and businesses throughout the region. That's mpks.org.
5: Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nashicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more.
4: you're listening to weekends on wcgo check out our facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner fast signs of lincolnwood located at 3450 west devon avenue visit them on the web at fastsigns.com 80 mike novak mike novak Mike Novak, he takes his flowers and moves to Evanston with Peggy. Mike Novak, everybody,
3: Mike Novak. Mike Novak, he takes his flowers and moves to Evanston.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm playing that just to impress our next guest. <laughs>
3: It worked.
0: It worked. Uh, just to show her that we have real music and real themes. Actually, that wasn't the version. He did a new version of that, and and I didn't realize that was the old version. And now I'm going to have to find the new version. Uh, Wait,
6: but, that wasn't you singing?
0: No, no, that was that <laughs> that was our our friend of the show, the singing uh, pest control guy, Rick Moskowitz.
3: Oh, I gotta
6: get Rick to do us a new uh,
0: a new thing. He, uh, he will too. He's from A Plus Pest Control. He's probably listening right now. He will probably pop us a comment <laughs> on Facebook or something. And he's got. There's another version of that he did, and I thought that was the version I was gonna play. That's the one I just played was the the old version, uh, but. That's okay. That works, too. It was so. catchy. I'll just say that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you see me on Skype. I looked over because there's a lag. I have the Facebook thing, and they see me going like, wee. <laughs> All right.
0: If, you, if you're dancing, then uh, you're doing the right thing. It's uh, uh, that, And, by the way, that is Green Diva Meg. <phone rings> Uh welcome back to the show Green Diva Meg is the the founder and well I I'm, I'm not sure how I de- I'm trying to remember how I described it because I I, <laughs> I I on on the wait a second give me 2 seconds here cuz I how did I say the founder accountant janitor and chief announcer for the Green Divas how's that
6: Yeah I like it I like it
0: cuz you do all the cleaning up there too Uh and if you don't know about the Green Divas you should you should go to uh, Green Divas, com. Yeah, it's T-H-E, Green Divas. I know, and sometimes you have to put, I can never get anybody to put the in front of Mike Novak's show, but it is the, the. Mike Novak. Mike, mm-hmm. In fact, that's my, the Gmail, I always have the Mike Novak.
6: I just got used to whenever I say it, T-H-E, that's the T-H-E, Green
3: It's <laughs> really annoying.
0: And, so. and Meg has been doing this about, Well, our our time in radio and podcasting kind of dovetails. We've been preaching the gospel of green for roughly the same time. Although you go back to the early 90s and you established, I, I didn't realize this, I was looking at your bio, and you established some publication back east, back in the early 90s. What the heck was that?
6: Um, I started the first magazine here in the North Jersey, New York metro market called Relevant Times. And back then we were talking about all this stuff, but we didn't use the word green or sustainability. In fact, towards the end of that first generation of the magazine, because it came back again in 2006 mm-hmm. when I started doing radio. Mm. Long story. Going to shorten that all up. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, the, the towards the end of the first generation of the magazine, we used started to use the word sustainability, and it was like wow, you know.
5: <laughs> and now everybody uses well, the word, and, and we
0: need a new one. And you got, and somehow you and Peggy have to connect because she's the publisher of Natural Awakenings Chicago. Hi, Peggy. And that is sort of the uh, successor to the magazine, or the kind of magazine you started in the early nineties, and. Now they're all over the place. They're 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 like mushrooms on a rainy day. <laughs> uh or after a rainy day, I guess. Uh so so that led Meg to do the Green Divas and I found out about you when I was at Progresso Radio, like the soup. And um uh we we hooked up and, and uh we've done things together. We've done interviews, uh we've we've uh uh, written things together um you a, actually i was on your radio network for a year with my yeah. show and i can remember sitting in my dining room trying to upload stuff with like two minutes to go and go mm, hope that's going to clear that <laughs> that would be really good if it, if it got there in time you didn't yeah that
6: was early you know live streaming technology mm-hmm. it was like so you know two years ago man <laughs>
0: It was that was three years ago, I think so, no maybe so, was, yeah. yeah three years ago, so two
5: thousand and
0: fifteen uh really, yeah. and believe me in in two thousand and fifteen, doing the live streaming technology and uh, you found your your host and you worked with them, and you hoped that you liked them, and that their platform was uh, smooth enough so that you could do it from wherever, and actually, it worked out pretty well it wasn 't that bad a platform that we were on uh, huh? what you didn 't realize is that my habits from High school and college uh, have just carried over into my adult life, which is I do everything at the last minute, okay? It's all, it's all with seconds to go that I get things in, and Peggy knows that because Saturday nights I'm, I'm up at midnight finishing the blog for the morning show.
6: I did get an email from you last night. Yeah,
0: I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right about, I think it was about midnight your time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so there you go. Uh, and uh, so tell us, you've got some new stuff at uh, the Green Divas. Um, uh, you've, you're, you're sort of ramping up again. Um, yep. You kind of had, you, you made a sidetrack into a commercial radio. And let me tell you, uh, Meg, there is no money in commercial radio anymore. So you really don't want to do that.
6: I left there, you know, back in 2013, I think, because I had done it for a year or two. And yeah, I was like, no, no, we have a much bigger audience in the digital world. So You
0: ran screaming, in other words.
6: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Actually, it was a huge relief.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, like the rest of us. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, you can't. You you just work as hard as you can, and ultimately you find out that you knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. Okay, and uh, yeah, and you get out. So, uh, so now you're oh. back at, at thegreendivas.com, dot uh, com, and you have a number of different podcasts that you do, and you you, you interview people or not, or you sit mm-hmm. and you talk. Now your newest one is the GD Spirit Pub. What is okay. what is G- let me
6: let me just explain. Okay, We've, please. I've reinvented myself and the Green Divas over time, and you've been through many of these iterations. So I've recently kind of relaunched the network idea,
3: mm-hmm.
6: and uh, but I have one one stream, you know, one RSS feed, and it's just going to rotate through different shows now instead of having different feeds for everything. Blah blah blah. So the Green Divas radio show has morphed into 50 Shades of Green Divas, which is a collaborative gig with uh, Maxine Margot Rubin, Green Diva Max, who uh, had a show called The Many Shades of Green. So we made a cute little show out of that. And that's more of a reporting show. We're picking topics and really zeroing in rather than just doing interviews. We we actually do our homework, and it's really hard, and a lot of – in fact, you're on the next one that's coming out.
0: Ooh. Yes, because oh, oh. we did an interview the other day that's going to show up there. Where Cool. Basically, she she calls me up. She's, she, <laughs> she 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 put, turns on the record button, and then I rant for about 15 <laughs> minutes about something.
6: Well, and then I get to edit the, the heck out of it now because that's what we do, um, what I do. But it's all about, it's right up your alley and your listeners, it's all about lawns. Mm-hmm. Is the grass always really greener? Do we really need all this, you know, high pesticide intensity, plush green carpeting on our front yards,
0: right? <laughs> yes, we do, obviously.
6: And who said?
0: That's right. Yeah. Who yeah, d- who
6: said? Right.
0: Who? So yeah.
6: anyway, we explore why it might not be the best thing and uh, some alternatives. And Mike is part of that show. Yay. So that's Fifty Shades of Green Divas. Then we just started the GD Spirit Pub, which is me and my childhood friend. Um, and for the last 30 years, she and I have been engaging in this kind of ongoing open conversation about spirituality. It's not religious. It's not denominational. Um, and uh, and here we go with the dog barking. Oh, Great. All right. Yay. Crazy okay. chimes in. It's, it's, it's like
0: talking to Peg on the telephone. Yeah.
5: Gracie!
3: Gracie! Oh. No, come here. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> what no can,
5: what kind of dog have. you got there, Meg? <sighs> a loud, a loud one.
6: Okay. Oh,
5: a big one, too. What kind of dog is that? A lab?
6: Gracie is, is a rescue. We rescued her at five years old. She's definitely got border collie because she's ah. nuts. <laughs> very, very smart and very nuts. She's part um, flat coated retriever, possibly newfie. Wayne, could you shut that door, please?
0: And take the dog with you for crying out loud! Live radio, folks. Yeah.
6: I'm with you on live on the radio, thank you.
5: Well, it's okay, so I see a whole new series of podcasts on dogs, dog care, yeah, natural oh, pets.
6: Can you shut the door? Thank you. Um, anyway, so GD Spirit Pub is this ongoing conversation with uh, Julie Genevieve, who is. Uh, an, very an very author. talented, um,
0: an author, author she, yeah, and an
6: inspirational speaker, and blah blah blah. I've lost my transcript. <laughs> I'm totally distracted by the dog. I, I, and completely. Just, I mean,
5: so you, so you were talking about your your for the last thirty years, you've been getting together with Julie and having these conversations that you've now brought into GD Spirit Pub.
6: Yeah, so we're hoping to just kind of continue the conversation and open it up. Uh, continue our exploration and journey which has involved all kinds of interesting things um, and hope that other people will engage with us we're uh, also just about to launch a gd political show called gdp (laughs) which stands for you ready gross domestic politics Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. gdp so anyway we're going to talk because I, I didn't want to engage too much in the political conversation in our other shows it's it just kind of bleeds into everything right now well you know it does I
0: mean? but i assume that the gdp show will start with uh sustainability and environmental yeah. matters mm-hmm. and and that's kind of i mean it's in a way that's not my territory so get off my turf gal all right no
6: you're you're just going to be part of it that's all oh
0: i see okay uh, but uh no that's that's great uh it'd be, it be that's it's what we do here and we we try to tie it all in and we just don't name it separate things we just sort of morph everything mm-hmm. in and you get what you get when you <laughs> when you tune in and you never know and that's why sometimes you know we uh we have uh, uh, 300 people watching the video and sometimes 40. So it, it kind of depends on, on on what's going on. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do here. Uh, we, we're going to need to take a short break, Meg. You know how that works, except uh, in podcast world, there's no such thing as a hard break. Uh, in uh, radio world, there is, and there's that music in the background. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the stuff that you did on your uh, website about the garden since uh we are nominally a gardening show as well uh you have a to-do list for july and i think uh we should probably get into that we're talking to green diva meg from the green it's the mike novak show with peggy malecki and we will be right back This is Treekeeper number 417. Hydrated, loppers sharpened, and reporting that Openlands has Treekeeper summer and fall courses in 2018. Treekeepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. Trust me, you'll be glad you took the course. The summer course is Tuesdays and Thursdays in Arlington Heights. The fall course is Sundays and Thursdays at Wells Park in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. If you're
4: looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities, so make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better.
3: Hello, I'm sorry I lost myself. I think I thought you were someone else. Should we talk about the gun?
0: Of course, always. Should we talk about? The well, that's gonna happen anyway oh, too. Dear. Okay. See, I, I can find any <laughs> intro song that will fit the occasion, Green Diva Meg. Uh welcome.
6: Oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, you
0: know, when well, well, you got enough of them on file, you just uh, you you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, I can make that work. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're here with Green Diva Meg. You can go to thegreendivas.com, find out more, listen to podcasts, read blogs, uh, get information. And some of the information is really practical advice. Uh, and I should uh, tell folks, if you listen to the Mike Novak Show, not in this hour, but in the next hour, um, you will hear... Uh, just a GD Minute, which is produced—that's Meg's voice on that—that that you hear each week, and she gives you tips for leading a low-stress, greener life, uh, and uh, that's what you hear. And I, by the way, I want to tell you that just a GD Minute is the best title for anything in radio ever. Okay. <laughs>
3: Thank, you. I, Thank
0: love, you. I love that title. Uh, and So uh, that's what Gre- uh, Meg does. And we were talking off air about what we want to talk about on air. And those of you who are on Facebook Live watching us heard us preview it because you, you get all the audio. That's the bonus for uh, putting up with Mark Zuckerberg and all those people. Uh, and one of the things, there are two things we talked about in particular. Let's start with the DEET because I want to get to lawns in a second, but uh, you've got some information about, because a lot of folks are, are, are uh, uh, reluctant, let us say, to use deep products. I'm one of those people, okay? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan.
6: Yeah, I don't personally use it. In fact, I have my own um, stuff, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. The story you saw on our site was kind of a surprise. Uh, EWG, Environmental Working Group, Mm-hmm did a story they had a whole research thing on um and you know how they rate different right. product categories skincare mm-hmm. products they did one on bug repellents and there was a surprising result that DEET in small percentage may often be the best um hmm. the best product okay. because when you're weighing out disease and mm-hmm. right now ticks and Mosquitoes are actually really almost becoming deadly in some cases, and so DEET may be. But 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 the scientist that we talked to about this article and that podcast, uh, her name was uh, Renee. Wait, have it written down? Renee Sharp. Um, She and she spends a lot of time out in the field and in the woods and blah blah blah. She recommends doing like a anywhere from 7% to 30% DEET if you're going to really, really need that coverage, depending on how long you're going to be out. But she was surprised that it isn't always the worst thing. Now, DEET is pretty awful. It does melt plastic. She confirmed that. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Other Uh, than that, (laughs) what's the problem? what, What could possibly go wrong?
6: Yeah, right? So I actually devised my own because i live near the woods and now i actually when i devised it i i live near the woods but now i, I live in the woods and we have a lake and i spend a lot of time up there well la di da well i know <laughs> right
0: so what can i can, would you send me a lake home to please can yes, i get if yes. i if i work I, on I th- the green Deal? i think Eva it's slogan? a road trip okay
6: yeah oh oh please come out we love it we All love right, that. we've actually done workshops here cuz it's that kind of place but um Me and the dog like to go out, and we don't like to get ticks and bit by by mosquitoes. So I devised this DIY, non-toxic, but really effective uh, bug stuff that I use. A little bit of hazel, uh, witch hazel, Mm -hmm. peppermint Dr. Bronner's, and then there's about like six or seven different essential oils that I use, and it's just kind of how you put it all together and... Knock on wood, because I'm afraid now that I'm saying this out loud. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been really effective. <laughs> Gracie-
5: well, Gracie likes it. Hey, 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 come, here, come here. So, do you have do you have cedar oil in there as well?
6: You know, I don't.
0: But oh, I see that's I, I know that's that our fave uh, on this end. Uh, my our singing pest control guy that you heard earlier, <laughs> Rick, Rick Moskowitz. <laughs> yeah. Uh He has a cedar oil prod, uh, product, which is wonderful. Um, and uh uh and he sells it at, at A plus Pest uh, dot com. And um uh I use it all the time and uh it smells great. That's yeah, well yours probably smells yeah. pretty good too. It's got all it those it
6: does, it does. And and just for fun, I I did a one minute kind of funny video uh with a little ninja guy. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but it's a another another minute thing but it's a video all right
0: okay. so that's uh that's the deep question and and you know what i'm going to do some research into it also in fact uh meg send me that article um okay. um and whatever background you have and i know it's on your site too and i and i and i will uh track it down because i really want to know more about the 7% solution which i guess is what it is um, and, uh, and that's something we can talk about on this show, Peggy. All right. We, uh, I ranted on your blog a little bit or on your podcast the other day about lawns. And one of the things we were talking about is, is it, and I talk about it on this show all the time. Does it make sense to grow a lawn when you could grow vegetables or you could grow native plants? And, you know, we, we're kind of on right. the same page. You were talking about vegetables specifically, Meg um uh have you and and we've covered a couple of stories here in chicago there was there's been issues in some of the suburbs people grow vegetables in their front lawns and they get tickets for it uh because people want it flat and and laden with chemicals uh and do you do you sense us moving in the right direction here or not
6: I do. And the whole concept, we pick topics that, you know, we're inspired by and the whole concept came from a book called food, not lawns.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
6: and the, the subtitle of that is how to turn your yard and, in, and into a garden and your neighborhood into a community. And I do see that happening more and more. Um, you know, if we're going to have, you know, use, land for its best use and 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 lawns as you know and you actually wrote i found a post on our site by you with all <laughs> kinds of statistics oh, no. on the pesticides that go into lawn care
0: wow it i got like, if you track that down send that back to me i want to see what i wrote
6: well you wrote something about 30 different pesticides and you broke it down into like yeah there the are 30, the horrible things you know diseases that they cause and the things that they do to the environment um, but also, like just the use of water, right? I had this statistic. here's a fun fact, okay uh in the u s we use over seven billion gallons of water every year for outdoor watering, mm-hmm. which turns out to be thirty percent of our water supply. Wow, and so you know, I mean, if you've ever been in a drought and driven by somebody's yard and their sprinklers going, and you just want to go, you know. Knock on their door and yell at them like well what
0: you well doing? well the the problem is it happens uh, during a, a rainstorm, and the sprinkle sprink, oh, yeah. sprinklers yeah. going full tilt boogie, and you realize they 're not paying attention at all, then I get a little tense uh and and you 're right, if we were using that water to grow vegetables instead of lawns you know and and, and as you mentioned it's the, the it's improper water use when you 're going to water, I got nothing against lawns if if you're watering deeply once a week and doing it right and if you're not slathering it with chemicals and you're mowing higher so that it uh, it the, it holds on to the water and those all those things that are part of natural lawn care i'm i'm really cool with that go for it have a have a lawn have some clover in there have a couple of dandelions heck heck if there's a little creeping charlie i got no problems with that and it's green and uh that's my issue it's like relax folks relax it doesn't have to be a painting
6: if you're using native plants and plants that we often you know like you said dandelions we categorize them as weeds like they're terrible Mm -hmm. Uh, i love this phrase there was a company years ago called weeds of worth and you know like you said clover there's things that clover's not a weed (laughs) <laughs> grow in your yard that could be useful and edible and pretty, whatever.
0: Yeah, so, well, we're out of time, as always. We never got to the July tips, but go to thegreendivas.com. Green Diva Meg, thanks so much. We're going to talk again real soon.
6: Thank you. Bye. Bye, Peggy. Bye, Meg.
4: Captain's log, started 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables we are being stalked by stocks of asparagus that is incorrect mr asparagus officinalis or killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author mike novak mike novak i'm familiar with his work mike novak was one of the smartest funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century sound red alert shields up Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Walt Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. <laughs> How many times can I say it?
1: Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-
4: A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now please make enjoy for second hour capitalist radio.
1: Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food
0: to eat. Make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and baby. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good foodie. All I need is good foodie All I need is good Welcome to back to the, the Mike Novak show me. with Peggy Malecki. I, I was looking at our Twitter feed and by the way, you can always tweet us at Mikenow NOW. N-O-W. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the Mike Novak show or on Instagram at the Mike Novak show. You can write to me, Mike at Novak dot net. Uh, what are we missing here? You can you, you
5: can watch us on Facebook Live. Oh, right, you at can do the Mike that. Mike Novak Show
0: uh, and, or fifteen
5: ninety WCGO.
0: and uh, you can
5: catch us on Instagram
0: sometimes. Sometimes, uh, well, I did mention Instagram. Okay, but it's uh yeah, it's a little of this. Uh, we need a little tilt up on both cameras, just a little bit. See, and now. See, when it becomes 21st century technology and you've got to keep track of the video as well as the audio. Mm-hmm.
5: And watch the Facebook comments. But no. if you are watching us on Facebook Live, there's a really cool Swallowtail
0: butterfly photo up there now. Which I took in my backyard. I have to tell you, uh, I was reading a story the other day about how uh, there seem to be a lot of monarchs mm-hmm. out there. And, and I see a monarch in my backyard almost every morning now. We've gone from several years where I didn't see any, uh, and that was several years ago. And, of course, um, I have milkweed in there, and I have coneflower, and I have other, uh, i got Joe weed. i got other things that uh, they might find interesting. Um, but for years, I didn't see any, didn't see any at all. And now I'm seeing some monarchs, uh, and I saw, and, and the, the, the photo, though, is a black swallowtail, that uh, I took in the yard the other day, I went out there and went, "Oh, for first of all, first of all, my cat <laughs> took a swipe at it." I said, "Don't you you leave that black swallowtail alone?" No. Um, and um, and then uh, it decided it was going to alight on the coneflower, and it posed and it just spread its wings. I went, "Okay, we got a shot here. Let's let's take that." Uh, I had uh, another shot that I haven't shown you. I'll have to do that. Uh, I got three coneflowers. Each mm-hmm. of them has a butterfly on oh, it. Oh, cool. Um, and they're all kind of sitting together, and that's kind of fun. So it's been a, mm-hmm. it seems like it's a really good butterfly year, at least in this part of the country. Um, and I'm hoping the monarchs are doing better because their numbers were down coming out of Mexico in the spring. Uh, and as our friend Doug Tallamy at the Peggy Note of Art Nature. Doug Taren. I'm sorry, Doug Tallamy, there's a Doug Terran, not not Doug Tallamy, but Doug Tallamy is a friend of the show, too. Mm -hmm. But Doug Terran, you know, he's a firm believer that when you're counting monarchs and you're checking the population, it has to do with how many, not just the numbers coming out of Mexico in the spring, but what are the numbers in uh, the summer up in the northern climes? What are you seeing there? What is the evidence? So uh it's it's not an exact science yet folks and maybe maybe it never will be. Uh are they still in trouble? Yeah probably. Um uh, but uh, the the article I read the other day was about how cities, urban areas might be the mm-hmm. great savior uh for monarchs simply because so many people are planting milkweed.
5: Yeah, I was looking for that Tribune article but it seems to have been taken down.
0: Um and Uh, The problem is uh, out in the hinterlands in the farm country with the Roundup Ready crops. uh, And the way that works is you develop a crop that is uh, uh, resistant to the herbicide glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup. And those get planted by the hundreds of thousands and millions of acres. Uh, and so the corn and the soybeans come back, and you can spray them with Roundup, and they don't die. But what does die is the milkweed, and anything around the edges, too, that isn't Mm -hmm. uh, Roundup-ready, as they call it. They call it Roundup-ready, and now we've got dicamba-ready, and we're just going to create this this whole stew, and and that's where we're going to have Casey Tomato come on our show very soon. I know he's listening this morning because he tweeted, uh, he was tweeting about the, the, the SNAP program, the food stamp program, this morning. And we were saying it, it was an Apple versus an Android thing. And he said, is it really Apple versus Android or is it a developer who, who chose to only develop an app to run on Apple or versus Android? Uh, Casey, that's splitting hairs, dude. It's the same difference, if you ask me. It's like you guys either figure out how everything crosses over or we continue to have this problem. You know, I understand competition and so forth, but when it involves people's lives mm-hmm. and their ability to buy food, now it's just sort of annoying. You guys, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not interested in your, your branding. <laughs> I, lo- I lose interest in your branding at that point. Uh, so at any rate, the uh, the good news being that uh, in the cities, getting back to the Monarch uh, and the Roundup Ready stuff, in the cities people are planting milkweed because they can and it won't get zapped. And that might be ultimately be where monarchs come to uh, lay their eggs and procreate. Uh, and uh, that's that's a good thing. Um, and, and, of course, there are other issues uh, or other programs out there like planting milkweed along highways and that sort of thing. And more and more of that is coming on. We've had Kylie Baumley on the show to talk about that. So the good news is, I don't know about your backyard. I'm seeing a lot of mm-hmm. butterflies. Me too. A See? lot of, it's a good butterfly year here, and it might have to do with the rain and the cool weather and that sort of thing. I don't know. We'll have to ask. Well, Rick DeMaio won't know. He'll know about the weather. He will be here later. But next, we're talking Sitka Salmon Shares with uh, Nicholas Mink. Stick around. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki.
5: Now's the time to sign up for one of McHenry County's premier sustainability events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its 11th annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 3rd, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. This year's expo will be bigger than ever. The popular Artist Walk returns, featuring sustainable artwork, jewelry, and decorative items. And if your business offers eco-friendly holiday gifts, being a vendor is the perfect head start to the season. Last year's event attracted more than 1,100 visitors. Mike and I were there. And we know the expo is a fun way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at McHenry.edu.
0: From Boat
5: From Wisconsin to Indiana, from Lake Michigan to St. Charles, see some of the best gardens, ponds, and koi in the area on the Midwest Pond and Koi Society Annual Garden and Pond Tour, July 21st and 22nd and 28th and 29th. Get your maps for the self-guided tour at mpks.org and at local businesses throughout Chicagoland. It's only $15, and tour hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on each day. Get inspiration for your own garden and pond. Go to mpks.org.
4: You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue. Visit them on the web at fastsigns.com 80. We're sailing in a strange
3: boat. Heading for a strange shore. We're sailing in a strange boat, heading for a strange shore, carrying the strangest cargo that was ever hauled aboard. <laughs> uh,
0: and with that in mind, let's bring in Dr. Nicholas Mink, Ph.D., the chief executive officer of Sitka Salmon Shares. Nicholas, good morning. How are you? Good.
8: Good morning, Mike. How are you doing?
0: All right. I, I don't know if you Rick, re- Do you recognize that Waterboys song? No,
8: no, no. I'm like that's before my generation,
0: I think. Oh, no. Now you're just making me cry. <laughs> OK, that's a great you got to check out the Waterboys. It's called uh, uh, A Strange Boat um and, okay. I, and i and i will. And <laughs> I, I, I think it ref- i think basically it reflects our times but there you go and yeah but you're right it was a generation ago uh, but they're they're a terrific group uh and uh, it's so good to have you back on the show uh in the interest of full disclosure as i mentioned earlier Sitka Salmon Shares is a great sponsor for the Mike Novak show with Peggy Mulkey uh and we're so happy to have you guys on board and uh, i want folks uh, they should go to uh, my website, look at the banner ad on the website, and if you go to sitka salmon you can um, order your CSF, which is a, a um, community supported fishery share. Uh, for 2018, you get 25 bucks off if you just put in the code Mike novak, Mike novak 18 Novak MikeNovak18, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K-1-8, and you will get 25 bucks off. And we hope folks will do that right now. And, and I guess this is the point where I say to you, Nick, why should they do that? I mean, we're going to get into the, the whole sustainable uh, fishing question in a second, but I'm going to give you uh, a few seconds here to, to plug the outfit. Why, why would people do this?
3: Oh, I, I
8: think, you know, when you're looking at buying seafood, um, the number one thing you want to know is where it comes from and who caught that fish and how it was caught. Um, you know, we have a seafood system in America today that's uh, fraught with, with problems, mm-hmm. whether it's just poor quality. As anybody that goes to a grocery store in Chicago probably knows. Um, at the very least, very inconsistent quality. You have problems with overfishing. Ecological degradation, we know about 70% of the world's um, fish are being overfished. Uh, and we also know we have a really serious problem with mislabeling and fraud in the, in the seafood chain. Um, you know, We're uh, upwards of 50% of fish uh, that we get in this country is, is actually mislabeled. Um, and Sika and Salmon Shares, which is our community-supported fishery, offers a really important solution to that. Um, we're a collective of 20 small-scale fishermen owners who uh, fish in really pristine waters using very low-impact environmental methods, um, almost always hook and line. Uh, And we harvest our fish for our community-supported fishery. We process our own fish, so uh, we have a little uh, small processing plant in Sitka where we we cut and fillet and blast-freeze all of our fish, and then we Ship it to our distribution hubs in the Midwest, where it goes directly from us to uh, a doorstep of uh, of one of our many CSF members or community supported fishery members in the Midwest. And uh, what I just described to you is the amateurs, you know, basically um, having a, a complete control uh, over our supply chain uh, from the moment the fish is caught to the moment it lands on your doorstep our our company and our fishermen uh oversee that entire process and so when we look at all the, the the challenges with um with with seafood whether that be quality or uh seafood fraud or mislabeling um you know our our solution is a relatively simple one and it's to do everything in house. right yeah yeah um and so the, the the program is just like your csa you sign up at the beginning of the season um, and you have the option to either do a monthly payment or pay up front and uh, then once a month we deliver to our members a box of really pretty seasonally appropriate fish uh, being what we're catching right now which is salmon are um, are being caught in the in the thousands right now off the coast of Alaska and so we're starting to live our our salmon shares and mm-hmm. for the next three months we'll be delivering all our members salmon and uh, and the boxes come with really nice recipes and newsletters and, you know, explains to our members who caught their fish and uh, the value that that is uh, not only for them, but for us uh, as a company and as a collective of fishermen. And uh, it's just a really great program. It's a great, simple way to be able to eat good fish um, consistently uh, that's seasonally appropriate and uh, be able to fully feed your family really healthy food and, and, and uh that has a a, a type of um, a sustainability that you just aren't going to find out <laughs> at a grocery store.
0: Uh, so there you go, and that's and that's that's how we start. That's uh, uh, Nick Mink uh, from Sitka Salmon Shares again. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com com and uh, put in the code Mike Novak eighteen and get twenty five bucks off of uh, a share. Uh, now we first talked. A year, a year, almost a year and a half ago, at the Good Food Festival,
5: March 2017,
0: yeah, March 2017, and at that time, I'll be honest with you, uh, Nicholas, I did not know that CSFs were a thing. Okay, I didn't. Uh, I've learned a lot since then. And one of the things I realize is that uh, they're uh, in different parts of the country as well. You you serve the Midwest, but you have you have competitors, and you have them in other markets. And if you're going, I suppose if you're going to do this on the small scale that you do, I mean smallish. And we'll get into that Mm -hmm. question in a second because you wrote something on the blog that I think is really fascinating, uh, and and I want to talk about. But I think that there are. And I'm glad you just explained it because there's a lot of people who have no idea what that means. Um, And they don't even know the most basic questions to ask about their their seafood. They want it to be healthy. They want it to be fresh. Um, But I don't think they know what that means or how that happens. Uh, so let's go to this question that we just got, Peggy. You said one of our our listeners asked a really a really basic question, and I think this might be a good jumping off point.
5: And she writes, "I heard that fish that's been frozen is safer to eat. Is that true?"
0: So the the whole oh, is- I
8: I think um, well it, uh, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, she asked a great question. Um, I think one of the things. Um, that consumers have to wrap their head around is um, if we're going to build a better seafood system, you know, thinking about all the things consumers mm-hmm. and fishermen and distributors and chefs can do to build a better seafood system. Um, and when I say better, I mean one that's better for the fishermen who uh, have control over their livelihoods, who have uh, are paid a fair price, Better for uh, the environment, meaning you know, fish that's caught is what we want, and fish that's not being harvested, and better for consumers, which is knowing what they're getting and having a higher quality product. And I certainly think one of the things that your uh, your listener uh, brought up, which is, uh, is frozen better than fresh. It, it's absolutely better than fresh for a wide variety of reasons. One of which is. Obviously, from a health perspective, frozen fish products. I mean, it that sushi grade. You know, we hear a lot about sushi grade and sashimi grade. But if you want to be absolutely sure that you can eat fish, uh, you know, raw or rare or not cooked at all, um, we go through a process of uh, your fish should be held at seven below. Um, for I think it's about 24 hours.
3: Okay.
8: Um, and all of our fish is held, our, our fish is last frozen to about 80 below and a core temp of 40 below. And what that does is that it just ensures the integrity of the product and make sure that uh, what you're getting is not only, you know, um, free of any, you know, bugs or parasites, but more importantly, that, that product has been locked in time, right? You know, fish degrades over time it's a highly perishable product unlike beef for pork where you have weeks if not months of being able to control uh the fresh chain fish you have hours to days right and right. so one of the most important things that i think we need to educate consumers on is a good once frozen product meaning uh that that product is either frozen once aboard the boat or frozen uh, right when it gets to the processor within a couple of days of being harvested, is going to um, absolutely produce a higher quality product than a quote-unquote fresh fish, which a fresh fish in the Midwest, by the time it gets to a grocery store, is 12 to 15 days old. Yikes. and yeah, the texture's um, totally changed. It, yeah, and depending depending on that how that's, Uh, handle how that fish is handled that fish is either at the middle of its shelf life or the end of its shelf life and that means that fish is already degraded right it's the fishy so uh, really um, a fish that's in kind of the middle of its shelf life and you'll notice this at home it's it's the fish that when you cook it it makes your kitchen smell like fish but it maybe doesn't taste fishy that's a key indicator of it's like in the middle of its shelf life. If it's at the end of its shelf life, it makes your kitchen smell like fish and it takes tastes fishy, right? Fish shouldn't taste fishy, right? Fish have their own flavors. They have their own flavor profile um, that's salty and sweet and kind of robust and umami, uh, but fishy is not one of the flavors <laughs> you should be tasting from fish, right? But that just means that it's an older, fresh product. So, if you look at a frozen fish, and it's frozen right at the beginning of the shelf life, uh, you're going to lock in that freshness. Now, frozen has always had a historically bad reputation because for a couple different reasons. One, freezing technology was not what it is today. I mean, sick of salmon shares is blast freezing at 80 below zero. Um, and what that means is it's we're bringing that fish through the freezing process very, very quickly to ensure the integrity of that product, meaning we don't have cellular degradation. Mm-hmm. Um and we're freezing it right at the beginning of its shelf life, meaning it's a couple days old, if not directly off the boat, right? You don't see any bad fish till you know, you don't have, I mean, you can have heat damage immediately, but most of the time a well-handled fish, you'll have four or five days on it before you see any decline in the flesh. Um, but, you know, so we're not freezing slowly anymore. We're freezing quickly. Um, the other thing that uh, most people are wary of, fr- of frozen fish And this is something that working with us or another community-sported fishery is uh, that a lot of times fish is frozen at the end of its shelf life, right? So uh, a fish processor in Alaska might try to um, sell a fish on a fresh market because they're going to get a quarter more. And they're going to wait and they're going to wait and they're going to wait. And then they're at day 11 and they freeze it. And by that time, that fish is already halfway through its shelf life and you're not going to have that same type of quality. That you would is if you froze it on day two,
3: mm-hmm.
8: um, and then the third kind of problem with frozen fish historically has been it's a it's a twice frozen product, and mm-hmm. you see this a lot at the WalMarts or uh, larger chains that are selling frozen fish. Is that that fish is frozen whole in Alaska, usually at the end of its shelf life, it's shipped to China where it's defrosted, re- uh, portioned, refrozen. And ship back to San Diego, where it would be distributed, you know, across the country. One, you're looking at a piece of fish. By the time it hits Walmart, that's probably year, year and a half old, right? Which Ooh. you don't
3: want.
0: Oh
8: my and goodness! And two, that twice freezing process is really going to compromise the texture. So,
0: wait, wait, wait! You you know, got, hey, Nick, different... Nick, 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 you got to stop right there. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, don't believe what I just heard from you. Uh, a, a piece of fish. That might be a year more than a year old. You that that might be sold. That this is sold regularly in our supermarkets.
8: Oh, oh yeah, any time you get a piece of frozen fish in a supermarket, it's almost always going to be at least a year, year and a half old. Oh. Um, that's oh. just par for that. That would be par for the course.
5: And it's going to be very uh, mealy and have an off flavor, I would imagine.
8: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what your guest noted is that, uh, you know, frozen fish can definitely be better. And if it's done right, it is absolutely the best choice.
0: All right. Okay. <laughs> um, let, me, but, let me ask you a real quick. A, a, but it can't be done wrong. Okay. You know? Yeah, no, and it sounds like there's a lot of ways it can be done wrong. Uh, and and your idea of, of your fishery is to do it right. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we're going to break in a second, but I... I still got a lot of questions to ask you, so I'm going to bring you back for, the, uh, for another segment, if that's all right with you, Nick. Can you ha- handle that? Yep, that sounds great. All right, good. Getting back to frozen fish. Okay, here's, a, here's another question about frozen. Okay, once frozen, let's say you got a fish that's frozen at the beginning of its shelf life, and then you unfreeze it uh, but refreeze it fairly quickly. How much damage does that do?
8: It depends on how cold you refreeze it and how slowly you unfreeze it. Uh, so there's also it, it really depends on the speed at which it happens. So there's mm-hmm. a, just a really wide variety. You could you could have a fish that's frozen at the beginning of its shelf life. You put it through what would be called a very very slow slacking process, and then if you refroze it at 80 below again, there would be minimal. Again, you're looking for minimal cell damage, which is like that graininess, right? right. Uh, that fishiness, and uh, if if it's done right, a, a twice frozen product isn't necessarily horrible, but it's not going to be as good as a once frozen product. But all the twice frozen product that we're getting in this in in our grocery stores, which is it's all we're getting in our grocery mm-hmm. stores, is a twice frozen product. Yeah. Uh, I- when it is in a in a in a freezer uh, cell you're looking at that that global supply chain is being reflected in that product, which is the older fish frozen once, shipped to China, defrosted, frozen again, and then coming back into San Diego where it's distributed across the
0: country. All right. That is – do you prefer Nicholas or Nick? Nick. Nick. Nick Mink from uh, Sitka Salmon Shares. We've got more. We're going to talk sustainability when we come back. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki.
6: Is your couch killing you? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Americans have much higher levels of flame retardants in their bodies than anyone else in the world. In fact, California children have some of the highest levels ever measured. Flame retardants are found in furniture, electronics, and even in baby products, and have been linked to cancer, birth defects, and other serious health issues. OMG! OMG! What's a green diva or dude to do? Furniture that does not contain polyurethane foam usually does not contain flame-retardant chemicals. There are non-profit organizations that have done the homework for us and have lists of flame-retardant-free furniture manufacturers. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low-stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com. Have you
5: ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day.
4: Catch Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on 1590 WCGO.
0: Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Glad you're with us today. And uh, we're very pleased to have Nick Mink on the line, uh, the chief executive officer of Sitka Salmon Shares. Uh, they're based in Sitka, Alaska, but they, they ship to the Midwest. Uh, which cities do you uh, cover here in the Midwest, Nick?
8: Well, we, we do our own home distribution to Chicago, Madison, milwaukee um peoria the quad cities rockford indianapolis and minneapolis but then we have a shipping program too um so folks that want to um get our fish uh delivered we actually can ship to basically anywhere in the midwest using uh fedex
0: ground what what would you Um, consider midwest so, so let's say somebody in rapid city south dakota wants fish can you get there
8: that's probably right on the border. I would say <laughs> Tennessee to Pennsylvania to Michigan, Minneapolis. All right. Nebraska. Um kind of the the broader Midwest.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. And who knows? Any it's,
8: anywhere in the Midwest we can get. We might be able to get a little bit outside the Midwest too. But we know anywhere in the Midwest we can uh we can get your get your fish.
0: All right. So if uh, if you're interested you need to go to sitcasammonshares dot com, check it out and see if if you're in their range. Now, I want to get to something you've written about that's something that other people have written about because it's such a big deal in the... You know, it's almost like uh, we were talking earlier about food stamps and the SNAP program and how Byzantine that's gotten. Uh, just the idea of trying to buy sustainable seafood is 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 kind of the same way. There's a, a blog on uh, bonappetit.com called Healthy-ish... Uh, And they wrote uh, about uh, some issues that have come up recently, including an AP, Associated Press Investigation, about uh, the seafood purveyor Sea to Table, um, who got themselves Mm -hmm. in trouble uh, regarding uh, transparency and its sourcing and and certain claims. uh, And that was a big deal.
5: And, and Nick commented on it as well in his well, blog. Well, that
0: was where I was headed with it is that Nick is uh you wrote about this and one of the things you said that really struck home to me because I've I've been sort of watching the whole idea of uh, sustainability in our oceans and with with our seafood and knowing that if we're not careful we're just going to put everything out of whack. It's uh, we our technology has far surpassed nature's ability to withstand it and uh it's not just that technology as you point out you talk about venture capital and uh and one of the things you write is that uh venture capital you know and it it means these companies that that start off maybe small and and feel that uh, their mission is to pay off for their shareholders just try to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, it demands that they grow exponentially. And uh, then you have to, as you write, venture capital then seeks to extract all that value from the company that undergrows the growth and the nature and labor that made the company possible as gains for investors. I can think of few things more troubling for our modern food movement or food system than it being fully captured by venture capital. Sadly, that seems to be the way it's heading exponential growth is anathema to healthy and thoughtful natural resource development and certainly doesn't lend itself to thoughtful labor practices or relationships with producers. For oceans especially, the strain that exponentially growing markets put on fisheries resources is why we have management in the first place. I, I think that's spot on. Uh, is anybody listening to that <laughs> message, Nick?
8: Uh, well, the 10 people that wrote, wrote uh, read that blog. <laughs> uh, no, I, I do think it's a big challenge. Um, right now, we're trying to it's, – it's, it's kind of come out of nowhere in the last five years, but uh, we've especially seen it with the growth of companies like Plated and Blue Apron and all these meal kit companies, which are really hurting – Community supported agriculture—they <laughs> are really hurting. We haven't seen, um, and and for your listeners, you know, CSAs are um, a type of relationship that consumers can have with a farmer, and they exploded in the two thousands and nineteen nineties and two thousands, and we're doing really well in transforming the relationships between producers and consumers in agriculture. And then about five years ago. Um, we started seeing this just incredible growth of these meal kit companies, and uh, what's happened is that I, I can, can we can we stop you? Kit-
0: can I stop you there, Nick? You say meal kit companies. Yeah. What? What? Please explain what you're talking about. I'm sure folks will understand it because they've heard the ads. But what do you mean when you say yeah. meal kit company?
8: If you're on Blue Ape, if you're on Facebook, obviously you've seen them. But they're. There are companies uh, like Blue Apron or Plated or Hello Fresh that basically deliver the grocery store to your doorstep with recipes and uh, and the ability to plan a meal for you. And what these meal kits have all done, what these companies have all done, is they have really done uh, an exceptional job of marketing themselves as similarly to CSAs right? Uh, That they're better for the environment, that you're getting to connect with farmers, and that these meal kits are working directly with producers. But what they've basically been is this Silicon Valley or big venture capital or big tech moving into our food system in the last five years. And I think co-opting a lot of our, um, a lot of the the, the really good things that were happening in the food movement with farmers markets and with, uh, CSAs.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: And if you look at farmers markets and CSAs in the last five years, they've kind of stagnated. Um, they've been about a, the, a billion dollar market for the last five years. And what, where we're seeing the growth and where we're seeing the money going is all to, uh, these meal kit companies, which I think now are a, a five or six billion dollar uh, industry, and so back to the point about venture capital is what we're seeing is uh, venture money, large scale, you know, capital investments and investors that are seeking to place their uh, next bets on these what would be quote unquote good food companies. And um, that was clearly what was going on with Seated Table. That's what's happening with uh, you know, anybody who's really building food businesses right now if they're seeking venture money. Um, and I'm, I'm deeply ambivalent about this, if not <laughs> troubled, uh, mostly because of what the venture game ends up doing, right? Uh, venture capital is, is what it is. It's venture capital. It wants to go in. It wants to see exponential growth. And it wants to then extract that growth for the investors. And when you look at how thoughtful natural resource development should happen, when you look at how I think thoughtful capitalization of companies should happen and who should own the companies, right? It should be owned by community members or community actors, right? That money should stay in that company that capital should stay in that company it should grow and for for the best case scenario for natural resources it should grow slowly and thoughtfully and what we're seeing now and in the in the last ten five five years there's been a food system that's increasingly be, being co-opted by venture capital mm-hmm. and um I don't see how anything good can come of this.
0: Well, I, I, happen. Um, I happen,
8: and certainly I would be. I'm and, and Sea to Table. I think they are a good company. They've done a lot to raise awareness about sustainable seafood. But when you want to play the venture game, I, I don't see how your values uh, can't be compromised. And more than anything, CSAs and CSFs are value-driven businesses we're there
0: but but that's uh, you know we i want
8: to create value for farmers and fishermen and we want to create value for consumers more than we want to create value for outside investors
0: well but we how do you create the problem is is it you have to get so big that everything else is going to suffer the environment's certainly going to suffer the labor and laborers are going to suffer the transparency is going to suffer the quality is going to suffer and the consumer is going to suffer, and the consumer is going to suffer. Yeah. But somebody is going to make a lot of money and that's the problem. I like the, your term ambivalence. You have, I have ambivalence about it too. Let me put it this way. I wouldn't mind making a a, a decent living at, at, I don't know, running a theater company, having a radio show uh, that talks about the environment. It's really hard. I'm not going to ever get rich on this. And I think there would be a danger to that anyway. Uh, uh, and and that's what you're talking about. Is that suddenly the focus doesn't become the fish or how to sustain them, uh, how to support the workers? It becomes ah, the shareholders need to make money, and this is where we go down the wrong and that's road. That's
5: the legal requirement.
0: The, you know, screw yeah, s- yeah but s- but screw, that's, the, that's, the that's how we kind of get there. I'm sorry, yeah. you know, I I I think this is where we have we've decided that capitalism is our mm-hmm. god, and that we have to serve it. Well, that's just nonsense, okay? In the real world, that's nonsense because what that ends up with is uh, whole species that get wiped out in the oceans and on, on the land um, if we go down that route. So, I I love the fact that you have ambivalence about this, Nick. Um, so, how do you keep a company like yours, let's say mid-sized? Rather, and we've only got a couple mm-hmm. of minutes here. You know how do you how do you keep the mission and make a little money on it?
8: Well, you you know, uh I also don't think profit is a bad thing. <laughs> uh
0: I don't either, to. but you, but we, we don't we don't we, control
8: have, it. We don't we don't have to. I mean, it's it's tough. It's it's tough. And and I and I'll speak to that in a couple in a couple short points. Uh one is is there's nothing in fact the 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 better and more beautiful <laughs> companies are, are, are small to medium-sized companies. Yeah. They're the ones that can reflect place. They're the ones that can reflect values. They're the ones that can do better, be getting closer to the natural resources. Um, and and two, I, I would say that there are ways to stick to salmon shares has what we call a community-based capital idea, idea where our capital comes from our producers and it comes from the members who uh, of our CSF. So we are essentially trying
0: to keep uh, when we need to look and, and, capital, and, and, and when Nick, we, we find got, investment. i got to leave it at that, Nick. I'm sorry. We're, we're at just, a hard break here. We're out of time. Nick Mink, Chief Executive Officer, Sitka Salmon Shares. Go to sitkasalmonshares.com whether it's March, July, September, or December. If you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, regional reports, what to do in the garden, and even my column on the inside back page of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere. But go to ChicagolandGardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to StateByStateGardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. Do you love trees? Do you have a
5: great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Open Lands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connections to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from your childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse their collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. That's tree-stories.org.
4: What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack, on fifteen ninety WCGO, Evanston, Chicago.
5: If I burn my youth, would it come to me? Oh, love, won't you bat my eye? I miss the sweet garden men.
0: Huh? Okay. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Time to go into the weather office, uh, although we never know where the weather office is. Let's find out by talking to meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Good morning, Rick. Um,
7: I would love to be somewhere on the east coast of Scotland in one of those little pot bunkers. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, with a camera. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right?
0: Yeah, I know exactly. The uh the open. Uh don't tell me because um I'm just gonna uh go back later and and watch the replay. So uh, uh I don't
7: Oh I'm glad you told me that could be one of the greatest don't tell me stories ever.
0: Don't tell me. I don't want to know. All right. Uh sorry right.
7: I won't oh, good. I love you a, I love a good you? story.
0: What <laughs>
7: but but you've had you have seen pictures of it, right? And isn't it amazing how dry almost all of the UK is? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, you, you sent you sent us a you, couple. You you sent photos from what was it? May and then uh,
7: uh, yeah, late late May into um uh basically a couple of days ago they've had uh pretty much about 10 to 15% average rainfall and this covers all of, you know, England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales and people are saying, "Okay, why are you guys talking about this?" But you know, they've had some incredibly hot weather uh, early in the year and also uh, to the south in parts of Europe. And we've talked about how when you have warmings, uh, warming oceans and you tend to get these um, early season heat waves combined with drought, particularly in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, they have a little bit more difficult time dealing with it due to the lack of air conditioning in public places. Yeah. And uh, it's it's, I think, one of the things you'll see more and more of these, quote, slash droughts. Um, European heat waves, something that you never used to hear about, uh, is becoming more commonplace. And if people don't believe me, just turn on Channel 5 and don't call in and give Mike a sports update. But <laughs> I've never seen a browner um, a British Open ever in the history of me watching British Opens on TV.
0: Well, they also have, and interestingly, they've, they've even had some sprinkles the past few days, uh, which hasn't really helped yeah, a whole lot.
7: No, no, no. Sprinkles is that. You can get that out of a, you know, little small, you mm-hmm. know, nimbo stratus cloud. But, um, you know, it's kind of like what we saw up in um the Pacific Northwest when they played the U.S. Open up in Seattle. Right. Or the Chambers Bay. They got into that heat wave and drought in the summertime, and people say, I, I thought they were supposed to be green all the time so I, I I hate to tell the people out there, and i 'm sure there 's not a lot listening on this show, Mike. Um, <laughs> you start to see more of these more of these weird weather patterns mm-hmm. um, and it, and it's easy it 's easy to debunk the deniers when it 's right there in front of you
0: well you you mentioned earlier why would we talk uh, on the show about folks in uh, Ireland and Scotland and England? Uh, and that's because they're all part of this planet. And even if in Chicago it's uh, it's 78 and drizzly and cool yeah, in, in the middle of right. J- July, somewhere else exactly on this, it. yeah, there's a drought and a heat wave in uh, in Europe, and that's a different story. Yeah,
7: there. and let's not forget about the incredible oppressive heat across the deep south Texas um, in their, I think, fourth day now, of triple-digit heat. Dallas topped out at least some of the western suburbs at 110 yesterday. Yikes. People say, oh, yeah, it gets hot down there. Their normal high is 96. So Dallas getting to 110 is like us getting to 101. Mm. Uh, But you know what? I don't know how you guys feel about the last two days. In the middle of July, I love this stuff. It's almost like you get a check on the heat and the dryness. And when you get a couple of cloudy days where you don't get a lot of sun – uh, you get these off and on rain showers. You get temperatures that are cool. It's amazing how much better things are going to look uh, by the time we get to tomorrow and Tuesday. So every once in a while, it's good to have Mother Nature kind of put a check on, you know, hot, dry weather. This is about as good as it gets. And I'm I'm, I'm blown away by how great the corn looks in some of the areas of Illinois, um, parts of southern Wisconsin. It's I've never seen it. Looked as good during this time of the year. It's that. It's been fantastic, and I'm sure Peg's tomatoes are doing well.
0: I believe it's as high as an elephant's eye. Just to coin. Is it that
7: first. is that the new one we're using?
0: <laughs> no, that's the old one. Isn't that Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
7: yes, it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Peg, I'm sure you've mentioned this before. What's the update on your tomatoes? Doing pretty well.
0: oh no, they're doing okay. You I, know what? I, yeah, I, I guess it... my early tomatoes. Uh, I've got some, but. I'm not getting a lot of tomato development right now. I'm getting a whole
5: bunch of new ones. The one tomato that was just about ripe was half-eaten. No, Mr.
0: Chipmunk. <laughs> no, I hate chipmunks. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we we've harvested. Yeah, so what, what do we need for that? Just
7: a few more hot days before I know we got to go to the forecast. Yeah,
0: we do need some hot days. We do need uh, to uh, uh, to get some sun and some heat um, uh, without the drought would be nice. But you know, you you get what you get, and you sort of roll with whatever right. mm-hmm. you have. And and in in a in a way, this is really good weather to to hydrate the soil. And and now if we yeah. Have, if we could have some sun over the next yeah. uh, week, that would be really good.
5: R- refresh all the perennials.
0: Yeah. But
5: uh, what yeah, if, some
0: Go, go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say I wanted to talk real quickly about the, the race. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you sent us some maps of the race, and Peggy has friends who are in the, the uh, what's it called again? Well, we've
5: got the, the um, Chicago Yacht Club, Chicago, yeah, Chicago Mackinac, Mackinac, Mackinac Race, race. Yeah. and yeah. there's also the Hook out of the Racine Yacht Club that goes up to Menominee. So there's two big races. Called oh, there oh are, there okay. Are,
0: I didn't know mm-hmm. that, see? Yeah. Right? And Peggy knows all this stuff, and so it's been choppy out there, hasn't it?
7: Choppy, yeah, windy. Believe it or not, the, the weather that was that we had yesterday, racers love that stuff because it's predictable. They know exactly what kind of course they're going to take. Um, everybody is basically, um, I guess you would say, take their tacking into the wind. Is that right?
5: Yeah. Yep. Well, it's when it's on the nose north, um, most of the boats head over to the Michigan coast. But then there's some tacking back, uh, and it's going to be backing around yeah. to the northeast. So that's, again, you're tacking the whole time. It, yeah, it is predictable. It's just not comfortable.
0: But didn't you? It's ever,
7: not yeah. comfortable, without a doubt. <laughs> and obviously, we we heard about this, you know, tragic event where someone fell off one of the boats, and I guess they suspended the search, yeah. which is, you know, it just goes to show you. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. Lake Michigan can be very unforgiving when you have twenty twenty five mile per hour winds uh, and six foot waves. So yeah, from a standpoint of being choppy and trying to get sleep overnight, I'm sure they're not doing it. Uh, but the weather i know in past events has been incredibly uh, at least the the wind has been incredibly light um, but when you get 20 to 25 mile per hour wind all the way up to about i guess it is Traverse city um is peg? It, it, it that you can make it up there in a pretty short amount of time
5: yeah yeah it does speed it up when it's that fast but it it it's a very challenging and tiring conditions
0: yeah well right
7: yeah you're always you're always working i guess at that point and always uh, and and, and, and always thing.
0: wet At this point, right? You you just don't, you never dry out. I was reading tweets from
5: some of the boats I know that are on the race, and everything is wet inside the boat, outside the boat, everything. Well, they're on the lake.
7: And and it's wet, I guess, Peg, from not only the rain, but also the spray that's coming over the front and the side of the boat. So, yeah, I I, I guess from that standpoint, it's not very comfortable, but um, uh, it it is what it is on Lake Michigan. But the good news is that I'm just looking at the radar, the last bit of showers seems to be aimed towards more of the south end of Lake Michigan. So if you're going to be doing anything outside, I would think after about, I'd say, maybe 2 o'clock from the city on northward, you're fine. If you're listening to us on the far south side, you may have to wait until about 4 o'clock. If you're further north, Highland Park to about, say, western areas of McHenry County, you may be done with the rain by about noon. We'll still have the cloud cover, still have winds out of the northeast. Uh temperature is probably 75 degrees at best for a high, but the next few days look great. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sunshine returns, and low to mid-80s. So, unfortunately, we're getting it during, you know, things like the Evanston Arts Festival, the Sheffield Garden Walk, which is a shame. It's probably going to hurt business because those little fairs obviously need every bit of, of um,
0: you Sun, know, donation. Sunshine,
7: yeah. Get. All right. But the bottom line is, yeah.
0: So it sounds good for the next few days. Thanks a lot, Rick. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right, want to thank everybody on the show. Green Diva, Meg, Corey, Chapman, uh, Nick Mink. Until next time, go Green Ore. Go home.
4: What? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know.
3: I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.